Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart and, if you can, your Bibles and receive this word from the Lord recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. Philippians chapter 4, let's read from verse number 6 through 9. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 9. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In prayer, we are not allowed to pray in the new covenant without thanksgiving. Amen. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The lack of peace in the life of a believer is a good indication that they're not living a grateful life. The lack of peace in the life of a believer is a great indication that we're not living a life of gratitude. Because the Bible says that if I can pray with supplication, with thanksgiving, the peace of God, which makes no sense, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Say this, my prayer should be with thanksgiving. And when I pray with thanksgiving, the peace of God, which makes no sense, will guard my hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Now this verse continues. Now I know in your Bible there's a, a heading after verse 7, but you know that it wasn't there in the original. Amen. The next verse says, finally, brethren, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if any, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. How about that? He's con- he is continuing what he's talking about in the, in, the, in the area of thanksgiving. And he says, this is how you can actually have a grateful heart. When you keep your minds on that which is true, that which is noble, that which is just, that which is pure, that which is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. He's saying that really a lack, the only way to have a focus of gratitude is to really keep your minds on those things. Things. And when you're looking at everything negative and you're looking at all the whiny stuff, you're always looking for fault that, that, that gratitude goes out of you because in the new covenant, there is no prayer without thanksgiving. Listen to me carefully. In the new covenant, there is no prayer without thanksgiving because in the new covenant, prayer is not trying to get God to give you something. Prayer is trying to manifest something that God has already given to me. In the new covenant, it's not God, will you heal me? Because God already healed you. I've told you before, when you ask God to do something he's already done, you're making God a liar. And that is in the Bible called unbelief. Amen. When we pray, oh God, won't you? Oh God, will you? You've got to ask yourself, is that thing I'm asking for something that God has already given to me? Now, if God has already released that thing and it's not in God's hands anymore, then now it's in my spirit and it needs to manifest into it. Now, the key to manifesting what is already in my spirit from God is this thing called thanksgiving. 
The key to manifesting what God has already given to me is thanksgiving. It's not, oh God, won't you? Oh God, will you? It's God, I thank you. God, I thank you that you've already healed me. I don't see the thing. See, when you're looking at your condition, you're keeping your eyes on that which is not noble, that which is unjust, that which is impure, that which is not lovely. But to look at that which is lovely is to look at yourself. Thank God I'm already healed. Thank God I'm already blessed. Thank God that I'm already debt free. Thank God that my bills are paid for all my life. Amen. Thank God that I don't work to get money. Money works for me. Thank God I got a lot more money at the end of my month. Amen. Thank God that I have more money at the end of my month. Thank God that money doesn't tell me what to do. Don't you hate money telling you how much to give? Don't you hate when the offering plate goes by? You got to look at your bank account to see how much to give. Isn't that, is that, isn't that horrible? Don't you want to just give and not even think about what's that because you're so blessed? Say this, God wants me blessed. Say it, God don't want me poor. I'm telling you, you will always be a manifestation of whatever your revelation is. If you think that money is the devil, you obviously won't have a devil in your house. If you think God doesn't want to, God just wants to give me what I need. That's the most selfish thing I've ever heard of in my life. That's the most self-centered, self-centered, arrogant thing I've ever heard of. God just wants to give me what I need. No, God wants to give me so much that I have so much to give away. Don't ever say God wants to give me only what I need. God wants to give me abundantly, abundantly, more than I can ask or think or imagine. (laughs) God wants to bless me. Listen to me. You've got to change the way you think. Beloved, are you listening to me? You will always be a manifestation of whatever you believe. God wants you to be blessed, not so you could pay your bills. He could care less about your bills being paid. He doesn't want to just bless you. He's trying to bless through you. There's so many needs that have to be met through you to say that God only wants to give me what I need. What a bunch of nonsense. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Oh, it's in the Bible, isn't it? God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you having all sufficiency in all things may what? Abound for every good work. You don't want the offering plate going by going, money, how much can I put today? We ask money how much to put rather than the Lord how much to put. Some of you ask the law what to put. And so you put your 10 person and feel justified. Don't get mad at me when I'm preaching good. I don't want money to be my master. If you are consulting with money, then money is your master. If you're still asking money, how much to put, how much not to put, what can I do, what can I, can I go on this trip with my children? Can I buy this for my children? I don't want to have to walk by something and say, no, honey, you can't have that. We don't have the money for that right now. That is not, I don't want money to dictate to me how much I bless my children. I don't want money to dictate to me how much I give you. I love to give gifts. I love to give for birthdays. I want to give. I don't want money. Oh, do I have money? No, 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 no. I'm done with money telling me what to do. I'm done with my sickness telling me what to do. Listen to me, man. You've been redeemed from that junk. I don't want to live the slave to anything. I'm not saying just go out there and eat whatever you want. No, I'm saying be smart about it. If you want to have an ice cream, have an ice cream. People go around eating and then puking at the end of it, trying not to. Like, come on, man. This is the time of year that happens more than anywhere else. You're not meant to be a slave to something else. God wants you blessed. 
Now listen to me carefully. If God has already given everything to me and everything is already on the inside of me, how do I manifest it? It's by this key called thanksgiving. I'm going to say something on a note. I saw a lot of updates about thanksgiving. I saw a lot of people talk about thanksgiving. And some of it really bothered me in a really bad way. Really bothered me. I mean, I saw some leaders put up some stuff that just annoyed me. Said stuff like, you know, when I'm having a bad day, I just drive my car around and go downtown and see the people living under the bridge. And I say, thank God. Thank God that I, I have money to live and I can drive a car. Whenever I'm, I'm really feeling really bad about myself, I just go to the ICU and look at people dying for breath. And I say, thank God that I have breath in me today. It's a very common thing. I mean, I, in the churches that I would grow up in, they would say, a lot of people didn't make it last night, but you didn't give them praise. <laughs> a lot of people could have been alive and they're not, but you are. Somebody shout. You know, we grew up with this stuff. And I thought, what a, what a sadistic way of giving thanks. I don't want to give thanks based on what somebody else does or doesn't have. I don't want to feel better about myself because somebody else is more miserable. There's always somebody more poor than you. There's always somebody more sick than you. There's always someone more dead than you. You know, give God praise for what you got, man. What a horrible way of giving. But that's how church has taught the world. I mean, I'm making fun of it, but that's such a common thing. You hear people in their thanksgiving. My thanksgiving doesn't come from what somebody else does or doesn't have. My thanksgiving comes from the fact that I didn't deserve it, and yet God gave it to me. Amen. It comes from the fact that I should have been dead, but I'm not. Not because somebody else is dead or not dead. I should not have been forgiven. The wages of sin is death. I should have died. And yet God's forgiven me and God's blessed me. And here am I living with children, with a family. My God, I should have died in those gangs in 1992, killed by people. And yet here I am living in America with you guys preaching the word all over the world. Man, you got stuff to give thanks to God for. Amen. Amen. Not because of what somebody else does or doesn't have, but because I am blessed by God. God loves me. Think about this. If anybody ought to have a thanksgiving, a, grat- a gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, <laughs> a-, a spirit of thanksgiving. If anybody should walk around with thanksgiving, it should be us grace folk. Because we understand that his goodness is a lot gooder, sorry for my language, than what they told me. He paid for me a lot more than what they said he paid for. Not only are my past sins forgiven, not only are my present sins forgiven, my future sins are forgiven too. I got a lot to give thanks to. Come on, y'all. I got a lot of things to give praise to. The beautiful thing is we grace folk need to give glory and give honor to God a lot more than people that live by the law. Because what I was taught wasn't as good. You mess up, you're dead. God's up there looking for an excuse to smack you on your head. Huh? I was always walking around in fear of that, of that wrath of God. Something hitting me, something smacking me. Always an accident. I was always worried about things happening. And then grace came and I go, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. It's not some just cheap grace. This is amazing grace. Amazing grace. We grace folk got a lot of things to be thankful for. Go back to verse 6. Be anxious in nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Do you notice that is not a suggestion? Do you notice that's not a suggestion? It's saying, don't be anxious. Okay, how do I get it out? I got stuff happening around me. Okay, 
let your but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving say anxiety is not allowed in my life say I have no permission to be anxious Beloved, listen to me. You have no permission to walk around looking like the book of Lamentations. Some people have nothing to say to me unless they come up with something to gripe about. It's like they don't have anything, no conversation to have. Oh, you won't believe what this person said. You won't believe what that person did. Really, my God, how sad is our life that we can't have a conversation without whining. The very fact that we murmur is an indication that we don't walk in thanksgiving. Our focus is messed up. Our focus is totally twisted. Right. Do not be anxious about anything. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. And somehow. This thing called thanksgiving. When I release it. The peace of God fills me. Amen. The people of Israel. Were just brought out of bondage. They were just delivered. From the yoke of slavery. We talk about their unbelief. But if I could break that down just a little bit. I have to ask you. You just got set free from 400 years of captivity. Where's the gratitude? Where's the gratitude? I mean Miriam sang a song. Bless her heart. Yeah. Miriam took a tambourine and danced before the Lord. Amen. Miriam sang a song, but you never see a sense of gratitude in the people. And because they did not have that sense of gratitude, unbelief comes in immediately. Why? I'll explain this to you. Now listen to me carefully. Hebrews chapter 11 says, faith, without faith it is impossible to please God. Verse 6, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Meaning, faith is not faith unless I first believe that God is good. The problem with Israel was this. Their view of God was that he was still an Egyptian taskmaster. Their view of God is this guy is mad at me and if I don't do my job, he will kill me. If I don't live up to his expectations, he's going to come with a whip and whack me. And because their revelation of God did not change, they constantly walked around expecting doom and gloom. And when God offered intimacy to them, they said, no, tell us what to do. Because what they expected were a bunch of laws and regulations. It wasn't the first time the law was given to them. They were living under the law, except the law of man. If you don't produce by this day, if the pyramid ain't built by this day, I'm going to kill you. They were, they were used to living under that. So when God comes and introduces himself or reintroduces himself as what? As the deliverer. God just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe out your enemy. Let me tell you how special you are to me. I will even send plagues to destroy your enemy to tell, me, to tell you how valuable you are to me. And they never saw that. I will, I, will, I will take out the firstborn of the enemy to show you how precious you are to me. I will send plagues. I will take the enemy out of your way. I will destroy the enemy to show you how valuable you are to me. And they didn't get it. That gratitude never creeped in. Ever met people, you give them your life and they never have a single thing to thank you for? I mean, you could work your life off for them. You could do whatever you want and they will never, never, they will never. I mean, they'll think about everything else and they'll never think of one thing to thank God for or thank you for. I mean, you can give your life, you can serve, you can give, you can do and they will never see it. They will never see it because their view is so pessimistic of everything. 
that they see everyone from God all the way down with a dark light. Oh, he, he, uh, I know why he did that. He wants something from me. I know why God delivered us out. I, got, I wonder what he wants us now. He delivered out of slavery from here so he can take us to that land and make us slaves over there. Because their view of God was so messed up, that entire generation could not enter the promised land. Because their revelation of God was so twisted and they constantly saw him as a slave master. Whenever he is a master, whatever, he, whatever you do for him is what you owe. And it's a duty. And then when God blesses you, it's because of what you did. You don't have to thank your boss for your salary. You worked for it. Ungratefulness is a byproduct of living under the law. Because when you live under the law, you are always living up to the requirement. Oh, thou shalt not. Okay, I did not. Thou shalt not. Okay, I did not. Okay, now bless me because I did not. You have to bless me. Why? Because I kept it. I, you told me not to and I did it. Now bless me. Gratitude can only come when you see that what you received was what you didn't deserve. Gratitude can only come for those that live under grace. Gratitude can only come when you know that what you got, you don't deserve. What you have, you don't deserve. You didn't earn it. You didn't pay for it. You didn't work for it. You're not living up to an expectation now. You are just living in the overabundance of God's grace and mercy. Amen. You're not, you're not trying to get something. You're not trying to, per, to, to work your way up and say, okay, when I get this holy, then God will bless me. When I can be faithful enough, then God will give. You know, God's given to a lot of unfaithful people. Look around. <laughs> God's blessed a lot of wicked people too. Look around. Church, I really believe God wants us not just to understand Thanksgiving in the context of a festival or a, or a, or a, or a holiday. But this Thanksgiving better be the thing your prayer is saturated with. This Thanksgiving better be the thing that comes out of your mouth every time you open it. When you wake up in the morning, let Thanksgiving be the thing that you do. Let you, when you wake up in the morning, let Thanksgiving be what does it. Because not only is thankfulness thanking God for what He has done. Gratitude has this unbelievable ability of releasing faith for you to get what you don't even have yet. Faith is this incredible ability to go into your future and drag something that's over there into you now. When the Samaritan woman came to Jesus and said, Lord, even the dogs can receive crumbs. Why did Jesus call her a dog? He wasn't trying to be mean. Jesus is not mean. According to the Jews, a Gentile was a dog. Jesus was still a Jew-keeping, law-abiding rabbi. And here comes a lady and wants her healing. Jesus said, I didn't come for the outsiders. I came for the Jews. Are you making, are you with me? I didn't come for you, lady. My time has not come. Stop asking for something that isn't your time. I haven't died yet. After I die, it's for all mankind. Till then, I'm for the Jews. But yet, her faith made Jesus do something he wasn't even permitted to do. Your faith has the ability to Bend time. See, when you say thank you, Lord, for something that you're not supposed to have right now, you are releasing your faith to appropriate that which is maybe there and somehow God bends it so you can have what is not meant for you even right now. Some of y'all are going, that's crazy stuff. 
Go take that to the woman. Jesus wasn't meant to do that. Even the miracle of the of the uh, 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 the miracle with the water turning into wine. Jesus says, "My time ain't come, woman." Mary walks away. Mary just walks away. It'll be done. It'll be done. It, and it was done. Listen to me, folks. There is no faith without thanksgiving. You have to. Oh, I have faith. I believe. I believe. I believe. You can believe all you want. Ain't nothing going to happen. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. Ah, believe. <laughs> ah, nothing is going to happen. You want to know how to show God that you believe? By saying, thank you, God, that I already have it. Thank you, God, that I'm already blessed. Thank you, God, that my body may feel crazy, but I am healed. Thank you, God, that I am seated with you. It looks like I'm seated with a bunch of losers. It may seem like I'm with a boss who doesn't want to give me a raise. It looks like I'm seated with a guy who wants to kill me, but I am seated with you in heavenly places. Listen to me. You've got to let what comes out of your mouth be thanksgiving. It has to be whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever, whatever. I don't care what their intentions are. You have no right to look at it. Let me judge their motives. Let me judge why they're doing what I don't have time. Hit the road, Jack. I ain't got time to judge people's motives. I have no time to question why, why not, why did they, why did they not, why didn't they come, what are they not? I have no time. I got a life to live. As soon as I start focusing on, ooh, I wonder, huh? you're focusing on that which is not pure. You're focusing on that which is not noble. But, but preacher, you don't understand. The last time they did, it doesn't matter. You don't have permission to look at their motives or judge what they're doing. You keep your eyes on that which is pure. Guess what? If there is no pure in that person, look at Jesus. He pure. <laughs> Whatever is filled with good report. They ain't got a thing to say good about. Good. Look at Jesus because there's a lot of good to say about him. Y'all, there is no faith without thanksgiving. Listen to me. We are saved by. Faith. Amen. Through. Faith. We live. We walk by. Faith. We get healed by. Faith. We live our life by. Faith. I get blessed by. Faith. And there's none of that stuff without Thanksgiving. None of it. None of it without Thanksgiving. None of it without Thanksgiving. Think about that for a second. We celebrate it once a year. That's great. That's awesome. But what about August? And I need a breakthrough. Am I going to wait for October? Church, I pray that you would saturate your day with Thanksgiving. I pray that you would saturate your time with Thanksgiving. I pray that you would saturate the morning, the afternoon, the night. When you're thanking God for the food. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God I'm healed. Thank God I'm blessed. Thank God I'm delivered. Thank God I got the victory. You're in a fight. Well, the fight will come. I'm already in the victory. Amen. You just walk around thanking God for His goodness. There's something about thanking God that releases us into great. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, it says, In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. The next verse says, do not quench the spirit. Which means if I don't have that gratitude in my mouth, I'm quenching the Holy Ghost. Think about that for just a second. 
If I don't walk in gratitude, you're looking at me like I'm making that stuff up. <laughs> in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Next verse. Do not quench the spirit. When you walk with an attitude like a grumpy old man, when you walk around with an attitude like there's nothing to be happy about, my life sucks. Everything around me is terrible. You're quenching the Holy Spirit. You're quenching the Holy Ghost. When you're quenching Him, you are not allowing the fire to burn. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Think about that. Oh, I feel like I lost the fire, preacher. I just lost the power. I'm done. I lost it. I don't feel like I got it. Well, guess what, you grumpy face? It's because you lost your gratitude. Hello? Are you listening to me? The quenching of the Holy Spirit is directly connected with my gratitude, with my thankfulness, with my focus. In Luke chapter 17, 10 lepers are healed. I always wonder why some stories are in the Bible. This one has no meaning whatsoever. Jesus heals them. One comes back. Jesus asks a question and the next story starts. I mean, there was no moral of the story in this one at all. Read it. Go read it. Except I started to understand God was trying to reveal his heart. I healed 10 of them. Why did only one come to say thanks? God was trying to show his heart of how he feels around us. Did all 10 get healed? Turn there. I got to teach you. I got to, I got to, oh, I got to show you something. Verse 11. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. If they're going to be allowed, yes, sir. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem and he passed in the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Okay? Verse 14. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Notice the word cleansed. Okay, make a big deal about that word cleanse. Say cleansed. Yeah. What does that mean? That means the leprosy was gone. Okay, yeah. only the leprosy. <laughs> and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice. Come on, when you're grateful, you're loud, baby. With a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Ah. <laughs> See, the Jew thought he deserved it. The Samaritan came back because he did not deserve it. <laughs> you know why you don't be grateful? Because you think you deserve what you got. <laughs> so Jesus answered and said, now look at the heart of God. This is so beautiful. We're not ten cleansed. But where are the nine? You know, I always hear people say, you know, when you do something, you should do it without expecting. Ah, dumbest junk I've ever heard in my life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that nothing may happen after that. <laughs> Even when God gives, he expects. Yeah. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Yeah. 
When God gives, He expects a harvest. I mean, go tell that to a farmer. Just sow your seed, but don't expect anything to come out. How dumb is that? But we, we make that sound religious, don't we? Here you see the heart of God. Yeah, let me ask you this. Did Jesus want all the other nine to come back too? Yes. And yet only one Samaritan came back because he thought, man, I didn't deserve this. You know, those other Jewish guys, he came to the Jews, so I guess they got healed. But I, I, I'm a Samaritan guy, man. Now notice Jesus' response to only him. And he said to him, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. In other translations, it is whole. The dudes left with their leprosy gone. He got wholeness in every area of his life. <laughs> Are you listening to me? The dudes who didn't turn back to say thanks got their leprosy. They got the little thing they asked for. But the dude that came back to say thanks got a lot more than just his leprosy cleanse. He walked in wholeness. I bet you the dude never got sick again. <laughs> I bet you he never got broke another day in his life. Because when you're walking in wholeness, which is what the word soteria, salvation is, it's healing, deliverance, prosperity. It's everything that pertains to life and godliness. Hallelujah. The power of thanksgiving. The others were cleansed. He was made whole. <laughs> Jesus wasn't repeating what already happened, obviously, because he was already cleansed. But now he says, your faith has made you whole. Whole. Something about that Thanksgiving, boy, I'm telling you. Something about that Thanksgiving, man. It's powerful. If I might just quote Joel Osteen. If that makes you mad, leave my church. <laughs> my wife put this up on my wall the other day, and I thought it was, I was having a really low day. I'd just come back from India, came to church. It was our anniversary. Things didn't go well. I went back home feeling really sad. And my wife was trying to encourage me, and she put this on my wall from the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And I thought, oh, so beautiful. And it says, and Jesus said, what do we have? And they said, five loaves and two fishes. How many people are here? 5,000 men. Wow. That's not going to feed anybody, is it? And yet Jesus took that which was inadequate, that which was not enough, <laughs> Jesus took that which was not enough that which was inadequate and said I give thanks for this when Jesus gave thanks for that which, that which wasn't enough immediately it was more than enough if you can learn to give thanks for that little you got in your hand buddy instead of saying where's the rest I've been so faithfully serving you where's my money that immediately tells me you've got a self-righteous mindset. I'm not getting what I deserve in this place. I'm not appreciated for who I am. If you really are all that, they will. If you can say thanks for that which is inadequate. If, if you can look at, I'm supposed to start a business and all I got is this much God. <laughs> How am I supposed to start a business with this much? Give thanks. I want you to start a worldwide ministry. Jesus, all I got is a hundred bucks in my pocket. Take that hundred and give thanks, boy. 
Lord, I have dreams that are so big. I have a ministry that's, that I'm pregnant with. And I'm, there's destinies in me that I'm, I, there's, there's desires. There's so many things that I got. Where, where? See, when you start asking the where, you're doubting God's goodness. You're doubting God's goodness. And when you doubt his goodness, it's not faith. And if it's not faith, there's no thanksgiving. If you can look at that which looks inadequate. It's <laughs> all I got, Jesus. Nobody wants to come help us out. Nobody wants to come work with us, God. Nobody wants to. God, this is all I got. But thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Guess what? The price on your little bit goes up the roof now. All of a sudden, that which was not valuable, people will come and buy for a lot of money. That which didn't seem much, your stock might look bad right now. But if you can thank God for the little bit that you got, the price will go up, baby. And all of a sudden, you will be wanted, you will be valued, you will be desired. The fact that you're walking around wondering, why not, why not, why am I not? is because you can't be grateful for the little you've got. If you can say, thank you, Jesus, for this. Thank you, Jesus. Five loaves and two fish, 5,000 people. Guess it's not God's will. That's what most of us would say. Because we are asking the five loaves and two fishes what to do. Rather than asking the dude that made the five loaves and the two fishes what to do. What do I do with the five loaves? Hello, can you feed them? No. Stop looking at your bank account and asking, asking your bank account, oh, I wonder if we can start this business. I wonder if we can do this. I don't know if we can. Maybe if we save up, if we save up. Church, you're not listening. If you can give thanks for the little bit you got, the power of thanksgiving is so powerful that if you can thank God for that which you don't have, it'll come into your life. If you can thank God for that which is not manifest, that's why the potential to feed the 5,000 was there in five loaves and two fishes. Two fishes. God saw the potential in you when you were worthless and nobody wanted you and no pastor thought you were worth anything. When you looked useless, you couldn't sing, you couldn't preach, you couldn't dance, you couldn't lead, you couldn't speak. God looked at you at that moment and says, ooh, one touch. That is released when they say thanks. One touch of heaven. And I will use them to change the world upside down. I'm looking at a room filled with people. Whose destiny is dependent on their thanksgiving. All God is waiting for is a thank you Jesus. But I don't see it. Hey, hey. Take your eyes off of what you got and don't got. Keep your eyes on the one who's got it all. Take your eyes off of what you can and cannot. It's not your ability, your inability. It's not your value or your unworthiness. It got nothing to do with what you got. Take what you've got or what you don't have and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God didn't thank for five loaves and two fishes. He thanked God that it could feed 5,000. He thanked God that what he had that didn't seem enough was going to feed everybody. How can he say thanks for something that's not enough? Because through the eyes of faith, you see it feeding everybody. I can't preach. I can't sing. Bring it to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. He can do so much with what you find inadequate. He can do so much with what you find unworthy. What you find horrible. You're not even worth it. You're not even good enough. Perfect for Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Are you believing for some things? Is there a business that you're believing for? Is there a ministry you're believing for? You don't see it. 
Is there something that you want to do that you don't see it and, and you're believing and you've been praying? And I'll tell you what, tonight we're going to release this power called thanksgiving towards it. We're going to release this power and thank God for it. You're going to speak to your businesses and say, you're blessed. You're blessed. You are blessed. You're going to speak to your, your what's not providing enough money to you. And say, guess what? You are blessed. You're going to speak to your talents, which doesn't look like much, and say, thank you, God, for this. Thank you, God, that you're going to take my five loaves and two fishes and bless the world with it. Amen. It's time to take our eyes off the negative, man. It's time to take our eyes off of the, 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 the grumpy, whining stuff. Look at what God has done. David said it this way. If I had not believed in the goodness of of the Lord I would have despaired he said if I had not believed in the goodness of the Lord meaning if you don't believe in God's goodness you are despairing and people that make decisions out of despair fear and anxiety will always run into the wall nothing good comes out of decisions that you make because you don't feel like things aren't working out oh I got to do something about it I got to do something about it once you just sit and let the Lord and I'm talking to those of you that are that I'm especially those of you who are looking for relationships listen to me Running into one relationship after another after another. Trying to find a relationship and trying to find meaning in your life. Would you do what Adam did? Adam found his life partner when he was resting. God will always bring the best to you when you are at the place of rest. If you're going to go out there and find it, you'll find it and mess it up and mess it up and mess it up. Stop searching. Stop looking. Let God by His grace come and drop it in your lap. Let God in His goodness come and say, there it is. You'll be chilling out, worshiping Jesus. And you look over, ooh, baby. <laughs> One day you just got to thank God for that which came to you. By the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Do you have some things that you want to see manifest this year? Are you done Egypt? I'm done with Egypt. I'm done with the wilderness. It's time for the promised land, baby. It's time for me to get houses I didn't build, vineyards I didn't plant. Not because I am doing it, but because God has already done it for me. He's just waiting for me to get there and say thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. If there are some things you are believing for that you don't have yet. If you're sick in your body and you're thanking God for your healing. If you've got a business that you're thanking God for. If there's a ministry in your future. If there's a dream that's on the inside of you. Boy, that's every one of us. If there's something inside you're saying, God, I haven't seen it. I don't know how it's going to happen. Let's, let's do it right now. If there's something that you need that you can't have. That you're praying for, believing for. Stand up and thank Him for it right now. Do it now. Come on. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM PO Box 592675, San Antonio, Texas 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at zcim.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.